and I came back like, I did it, I handed my notice in. And he was like, <laughs> Um, just want you to start with talking to us about where your business journey began um, post university because you started and you, you went and got a degree, didn't you? I did indeed. Yeah, I went to Cardiff University to do okay. business business management and marketing. Yeah. So there was like the business management course and then you could kind of specialise down like marketing, HR, finance, whatever. Like a hybrid sort of course. Yeah, like yeah you pick I know your modules ones. to like make it whatever you wanted yeah so I did business management marketing um in Cardiff which is what brought me to Wales so I'm, I'm kind of Welsh now I think are you um, originally from England yeah I'm from uh, um, I was from Wiltshire and then uh, okay. got, came over to Cardiff and sort of I left I went to Bristol to live for a few months after uni mm-hmm. um but then I came back to Wales because it's quite hard to leave I think once you get yeah, here yeah. Um, yeah 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 I get you yeah but so I always knew I wanted to have my own business but I thought it was something you do in the future, like something that's like, you know, in my 40s or 50s. The whole or element of I'll do it when I've got enough money or I'll do it when I've got enough time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. always like, oh, one day, that's the plan. But everyone was like, no, you go to uni, you get a job. That's what yeah. you do. And I was quite academic at school as well. So it was very like, you do a proper subject and you go to uni and then you just get a job and that's it. And then you work your way get up. Get your professional job. Yeah. yeah and in my yeah. head, I was always like, that's not what I want to do. Like, I've had like mini businesses. I had like a cake business when I was 18. I was like the kid plaiting hair in the playground, charging like two quid for little French braids and stuff. Love um, that. <laughs> so you, I'd make... It started oh, early doors. So honestly. You, you had that from... A youngster then yeah basically. i was in um primary school in not even juniors in like the infants i got like a get set chocolate factory okay, yeah, where yeah. you melt the chocolate and set it again and i i mean my profit margins were probably awful because i got six but um you were hustling yeah were you, were you, were you doing like, your own books at that point oh yeah i was like <laughs> trying to work it out do my accounts late at night or whatever yeah, but yeah, yeah so i was you. selling like chocolate for like 20p and then we had all the like um heaven bar and chewy bar and we made up all this stuff and like i just loved the creativity of like coming up with something selling it and thinking i've made money even though my dad's paid for all the ingredients <laughs> but um so like all my life i was like i want it this is what i want to do yeah yeah um and then i was really serious actually about my cake business when i was 18 i was like making anniversary cakes and i was like this is what i want to do but it was like no you go to uni you get a job that's what you do even at uni i in between um, like year one and year two, I did Cardiff School of Beauty. So I trained to be a beautician over summer and then I set up my own mobile beauty business. So in second year and third year, I was doing like spray tans and eyelash extensions and wow. all that type of stuff. What um, was um, what were you actually studying at uni? Business. Business, okay. Yeah, business so you, But you were still doing those courses when you could? Yeah, like in I was summer like, holidays I want to be a beautician as well. Okay. So um, I was doing like little mini businesses to just because I wanted to. Um, and then got my job after uni in an advertising agency, which was just my absolute dream job. I loved it to bits and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, so I was doing like running campaigns for Bristol NHS trusts, Welsh government campaigns we worked on, um, all sorts of things. I absolutely loved it. It was like making TV adverts and radio adverts and it was so creative and fun, but also strategic. But I was always like, I still want my own business. So I'd try and set up like a subscription box or like a yoga one we tried or just other little things. But um, it wasn't till I had 
uh, my daughter Luna. So I accidentally got pregnant at 23. Okay. And was like, uh oh, what am I going to do now? And then was like, right, just just make it work somehow. Yeah. So I went after I had her. I went back to work after about five months off. So I didn't have long maternity leave because I was like get back to work, career woman, this is what I want to do. And I imagined myself as, you know, in like a film, sometimes you see this like career woman and she's got like a baby and she's running around and she's like power. Still superman. managing to do it all, yeah. I was like, that's what I want to be. I want to be the mum who's like in the office, loads of paper everywhere, but like she's managing and like she's got a baby and she's, everyone sees her as super mum. I was like, that's me, yeah. get back to work. And I was like, I can't do this, it's really hard. Right, did, at that point, did you have a lot of support Yes and no. Like, yes. Um, so I had, like, my mum would come down from Wiltshire. Um, my Luna's dad was around, like, his family were around. But I was so overly independent, I'd push everyone away. I was like, don't help me. I don't want your help. I'm doing this myself. Um, it was just, I needed wanted to do it my way so I, mm. I did have the support and the help but I would push it away um because I just thought that I had to do it myself so then when I I think it was about six months in no maybe four or five months after I went back to work I was like I can't do this and I had one freelance job that I'd taken on just doing social media for a local company and I got I think I got 500 pounds mm -hmm. for something that took me like an evening's work right yeah and I was like oh so the plan of having my own business in the future could actually just bring this forward and pick up more of these jobs and work from home with my new baby. So was that the light bulb moment? Yeah, yeah. that's when I thought, right. So I spoke about it with my partner at the time. Like yeah. Maybe I could bring this freelance business thing forward a bit. Um, and he was really supportive. Like, yeah, that's, that's a really good idea. And we were moving house at the time. The next day I handed my notice in. And I came back like, I did it, I handed my notice in. And he was like, oh, I thought you meant like in the next... In six months. Yeah. <laughs> I'm expecting it tomorrow. Yeah, she's, was... she's keen, she, she's ready to go. He was like, what have you done? We've got like, we're moving house, like you need the payslips for the mortgage. So we had to literally just move house, like the next house yeah. we saw. We just, we did a part exchange in the end because okay. then they buy your house, so you don't have to wait and it all happens really yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we could use my payslips from still being employed. Um, so then that was kind of the start of it really just it was like a kind of freelance I could sort of feed the baby and be around and just sort do you of think, pick it up from there do you think having the baby drove you to hand in that notice yeah definitely because you could see perhaps a bigger future yeah than what was, you were was an element of that like did you know you didn't want to be an employee you didn't you, you know there's I, I believe there's a mindset to being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and there's a mindset to being an employee and how much of that do you think played a role in you taking that choice at that moment in life yeah, yeah definitely I think the mindset thing of like I I felt like I was I felt like I had so much more to give to the business and so right. many ideas and stuff but when there's already an established business and you've got this little 23 year old like we should do it like this how about this you should try this they're probably like it's got to fall right. on deaf ears isn't yeah. it yeah and they, they would take them on and they were like the best company ever i loved working for them but equally they're like well we've got our own plan so i was like right i'll i'll all these ideas i'll put into my business and start my plan so then it went from there and that was five years ago now um 
I've kind of, it started very much like picking up freelance clients and then growing and turning into more of like an agency. And now I've got um, a couple of girls, the two girls working for me and I'm looking to grow. And it's kind of, it's taken a while to get to the point where I believe in myself as much as other people do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the year of like super growth, hopefully. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Incredible. So we've got you at the right point. Yeah, this yeah. is a good point to talk Before, about stuff. Yeah. I think um, one of the things, like, I remember my dad always saying to me that <clears throat> he spent like, I don't know, like 20, 20 years in the same company. Um, and finally, just before he passed away, he'd reached a, a point in that company that he was really happy and, he, you know, he's doing really well. But he wasn't, I wouldn't say he was rewarded for his work in terms of a financial reward. But he always said to me, I don't know why he didn't follow his, his own advice, but he always said to me, you'll only ever be really financially free if you work for yourself. Because if you do work for somebody, you're always given that opportunity that they dictate your future. Yeah. You know, there could be somebody above you mm. who thinks yeah, she, she or he's a good worker but I'm only going to pay him so much. I, obviously, most people as humans, they care fundamentally about themselves, don't they? We, we, yeah. we can be quite selfish. You know, it's rare that you'll get an employer that's like, I want to distribute this wealth completely fairly. <laughs> well, Do you no, know what I mean? That, yeah. that, that's, that's almost like ludicrous to suggest that that would be common practice. Um, well, it's a natural conflict, isn't it, between the employer and the employee? Exactly. They, they want the, the maximum labor in whatever form that is, right? And they want to give you the minimum payment. And what do you want? You want to do the little labour yeah, for the, the maximum most. payment. So that's well, a natural... Not, yeah, you know, on, uh, as an average, yeah. I would agree. So, but I think you're a great example. Like, your story is a great example, um, as we're going to go into it, of somebody, you know, getting good at something, finding they've got a passion for something, realising that you could, you could spend your life doing that for somebody. You absolutely could. Mm -hmm. I don't believe at all you will ever get the same reward doing it for somebody as if you did it for yourself. It's, mm. it's organic, it's natural, it's unique. It's all about it's all about you and then the people you bring into that yeah. company. And, it, and like, that's where you'll really shine because you're gonna, you, you can't match your passion for your business with somebody else's because fundamentally it's their business. Yeah, completely. It, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and you're you, funding someone else's dream when you're putting all your efforts into you know, a, a big organization or a company. And that's gotta be a different feeling for someone like Fran who's building it from the ground up and doing it for yourself. Completely. And I think like it's definitely worth saying like it's not for everybody. And there's mm -hmm. of course there's value in of people course, being there's such a massive thing at the moment about like I don't know if it's just because of like algorithms and the content that I get served on social media, but it's right. all about like be an entrepreneur, like work for yourself. And it's like that's not for everyone. Like there is value in of people course, who yeah. want to be employed. Yeah. Like the um some jobs like you I don't know, you can't you more like public service jobs or like yeah. kind of like fire fighters roles in the nhs like you can't just be like oh i'm gonna be like a start my own something business which i'm gonna start my own it. firefighters yeah, yeah. like you, there's some roles you can't so if yeah. that's what you want to do and you get the stability you get like pensions this that and the other there's like such a need for that type of thing of course but there is of course there is the other side of the coin like not everybody fits into that and i don't think i'm a very good employee because even though i was like really good at my job I did, I was always thinking, how can I turn this into like, even though at the time it was more of a future plan, I was like, how can I take bits of this and work mm. on it for me rather than for this? Like, I'd always be like, but it's wondering a different, how I can turn it into my business. It's a different, it's just a different mindset. I think there's like, with your story, 
there's evidence that your mindset was different because there's not many kids going to school and start trying to set up a business. Yeah. Like, I, know you were, I know you were selling chocolate. But, that's but still... there, was, there was always that odd person, wasn't there? Like, not odd person, sorry. Um, but there was always that person who was like selling the cans of Coke that they'd just gone and bought from the shop. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, yeah, but always... the thing is, like, to the average kid, they just think, oh, that, that kid's crazy. And also they're thinking, buzzing, I can get a 50p can of Coke. Yeah. Exactly. Really, he's, he's, just cool. Cool. Yeah. he's just paid 20p for it. So I don't know why you're buzzing. He's charged you 30p extra. You can go to the shop and get it yourself. He's, he's yeah. hustling you, yeah. 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 But it, it, it shows there's a different mindset. And I think like the average person probably... It's, it, we're influenced by a lot of things, aren't we? And you look at, like, we go through school and what the school teaches us. It teaches us when to have a break, when to work hard, authority figures, hierarchies. Mm. And then, so we're almost pre-programmed then, then to go out into the world and then sit in one of those boxes, which are called companies, mm. right? So you have the person who's comfortable doing that, but not comfortable doing what you're doing, right? And vice versa. So like you said, it's not for everyone, but I think there's, there's great benefit in doing something that like, you really enjoy. Well, with great risk comes great reward. Yeah. But you, you touched on a nice point there, man. It's like, even when you're in school, you learn to ask, can I go to toilet? And I find myself in companies where people want to let their manager know they're going to toilet. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but it's like that's quite that's quite a bizarre thing. Yeah, it is though, isn't when you it? Think about, like if if, yeah. if 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 you've got a natural urge to go to toilet, get up, go to toilet. Yeah. But because it's been programmed into you that you have to ask an authority figure. To Whether, do like a human body yeah, function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, do you know what I mean? I it's mean, un, it's unnatural. That's what it is. It's yeah. unnatural. But again, we we conform to it because we've gone through a school system that mirrors that. Um, companies mirror that. Even prison mirrors that. You you like you or, you, or you could work for Amazon where they literally time your toilet yeah. breaks. Yeah. Well, when so, I have like interns in or new starters or whatever, I'm like literally do what you want. If you need to go down, come down and get a drink, come and get a drink. If you mm. need the toilet, like go to the toilet. If you want to go get lunch because you're hungry, like whatever, like as long as the work's getting done, like I don't care. Like I'm not like, so there's no break us between this. Like, yeah. There's no want. strict toilet breaks then in <laughs> business now. <laughs> toilet breaks are only between like 10 and 10, 10 past 10. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's it. it. The dictatorship. Yeah, you plan when you eat and drink by my toilet this breaks. This is my it. house. It's nuts, isn't rules. it? I just wanted to create a business which... The, the reason I created the business or started was because of my like needs for flexibility and needs to be able to work around my new baby and needs mm. to be able to sort of do things how I wanted. And if I then create a culture in my business which doesn't mirror that, then I've like failed in my business ultimately. Absolutely. Like that's not what I wanted to create. So, you know, if you need to drop the kids off and you're going to be half an hour late, unless there's like the world's biggest meeting and you can't be late, in which case you would have planned for that in advance. Like, so what if you come in five minutes late? Like... And I think sometimes that might, some people might think that's sending the wrong message about like, you know, punctuality and this kind of thing. But yeah. there's other things important in life and things get in the way. Like there's so much more important things in life other than just work. Yeah. And if you can build your work as part of your day rather than work is your day, then like that's, you get the best work out of people as well that way. I, I really agree with that. Like I think, um, like culture the, is really important yeah. yeah and with bigger companies like i've worked for bigger companies where absolutely if you're late and you're not in like the contact center it, it's kind of like you're letting everyone down like like as if like the do company's you know, gonna you know, go under you know agent didn't turn up no like, do, you know they you feel. do you know what they use i mean i had this in my in my um my retail job i spent quite a few years in 
the, the thing they'd use every time in the meetings, do you understand the needs of the business? <laughs> the the, needs, the, the of needs, needs of the business. No, I don't. I was a minute late. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's that done to the business? Get a CEO on the phone if he's got a problem. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Like there is, the, the, yeah. I, do, I think that's, that's one of my problems with, with um, larger organizations, larger organizations and, and, and being an employee. So I, I totally gravitate towards your, the reason, reasons why you've done what you've done. Yeah. Yeah. Now your business, what, what does your business actually do? So we're a full service marketing agency. So that's anything from um, market research, strategy and planning, branding, design, print work, um, website creation and hosting. Digital marketing is kind of like the core. So social media management, Facebook ads, SEO, search engine optimization, pay-per-click. So everything to do with Google, mm -hmm. email marketing, influence marketing. Um, and kind of like marrying it all together so yeah. you can't just really have like one thing happening on its own you need to have your like all your strategies aligned into like an integrated strategy so we'll pull all that together for businesses and run it um, I also do a lot of training as well so during lockdown businesses would be like I haven't got any money but I need to market so there's a bit of a situation going on and um, we would do that training to help them be able to do it themselves as best okay. they can. So we've got like a training element to the business as well. I'm with you. That's really yeah. positive. The business is up and running. You said, so this is, this is the year for the big growth. How much success have you had so far? Oh, it's a really hard question because I'm definitely the person who's like, oh, I'm so rubbish. I can't do anything. Like yeah. I've not succeeded in anything. But then other people are like, wow, you're amazing. And like, it's really hard sometimes to like listen to what other people say. Um, but when I did a, I do like this Big Ideas Wales role model, they call it. So okay. you go into schools and colleges and you're like, this is me. This is what you can achieve if you do this, which mm -hmm. I'm actually a massive fan of because it goes back to what we were saying about your, you're, you're in a school or a college and you're taught this is the route to go down. Right. And then I'll come in and be like, look, it's not for everyone, but if you want your own There's business, an alternative. This is, yeah, yeah, this is the alternative. This is how you do it. Mm. Um, so I do a lot of that. And in part of that, your, your first slide on your presentation is like a bit about you, what you've achieved. Um, so when I started putting those together, it's a bit hard at first because you're like, oh, oh, I've done that and I've done that. And you end up with this list and you read it and you're like, all right, I have done okay, actually. Like, I'm not, I've done okay. So. Yeah. How many, <laughs> how many employees have you got? There's like two at the moment, but I'm, I'm looking for a couple more, but it's so hard to recruit. There's probably space for like two more. Um, so yeah, two employees. Now she's looking for a new job. <laughs> is, this an, is this a job interview? <laughs> is that what it is? Tell that... me what you can bring well, to I the company. Well, I, well, I, I haven't brought my blue suit a, for a start, so. He's a, he's a great Delvoy impersonator <laughs> with that jacket. This guy. <laughs> He, mod Sorry, he models himself on my fashion, right, can, by the can way. You, can we, seriously, though, does that look like Del Boy's coat? It's more Drake. Little, That's what I was thinking. Yeah, going more for. Drake. Yeah, yeah, more Drake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Fran, was, think, Fran, was de no, Fran was definitely serious about that. Yeah, yeah more yeah. Drake. Yeah, just like him, actually. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? Sorry? <laughs> Can we get back to the topic? Yeah, like, sorry, this has sorry. gone way off. Uh, oh, yeah, we were talking about Hold me on. and all of my success. Hold on. Fran, have you just compared him to Drake? You said it. Bro, there's only so much. No, I said Dalboy. Oh, I said Dalboy. <laughs> this has gone from Dalboy to Drake. He, he, he hates compliments, you know. You go into uh, universities and do lecturing as well. Yeah. Um, and are you giving them the alternative route in those uh, discussions? Or is that just with like the schools and stuff? 
are you are you selling that to like the university as well a little bit not so much with the with the lecturing so if i go into colleges or schools as like the role model right they call it yeah then it is all about like the alternative route of entrepreneurship how, how is that received by students yeah it depends how old they are there's a lot of them who are like oh that's so cool you must be so rich and have like big cars and stuff and i'm like where's the lambo yeah, I'm yeah. Like, i have like less <laughs> money than anyone would you say that's the, the younger <laughs> audience buy into that yeah, I prefer it, like the younger they are because you can get to them before someone else is like... remodel, yeah, yeah. of course. Um, and how much of that do you think is because like, the, the era that we're in now, we're in this technology era, and obviously like in, you know, Instagram's a big influence, isn't it? Do you think they gravitate to you because of the era that we're in? Um, yeah, yeah, probably actually. But there is this element as well of like you see the success and the benefits and yeah. you don't see like the hard work or whatever that's gone into it. Um, so I, I do try and say like, look, this is all great, but there's a lot that goes into it and it's not for everyone. Like what you see, like the shiny of course, side yeah. of things online or on Instagram or wherever, the successes are shown off. There's so much that goes into it. Even to like win an award, like doing the award applications and like going for like interviews and like people grilling you on like this, that and the other. And yeah. Having to like prove you're worthy of that award because there's so many awards out there which you can literally just buy. You basically like buy an award and they're like, oh, you... Like, like South Wales Best Dalboy in person. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. It's 150 quid. Oh, and I'll, I'll to, or or South Wales Best Drake in person. <laughs> it's trying to kill me here, man. Yeah, yeah. sorry. It's called yeah. projecting. I'll take you off topic. I'll take you off topic. But, yeah, so there's, there's so much you can just buy your way into like looking course, good. Yeah. But if you want like the real success or, or whatever, then there's so much that goes into it. And that's what people don't see. You know, those like those rainy nights that are hard, you know, you're, you're sweating on your bills, um, you're trying to maintain like your relationship. Mm. Um, like quitting your job and then you've got, um, you, you're buying a house the next day or whatever, yeah. signing yeah. for a house. And you're yeah. like, what am I going to do? And your child yeah. on top. I mean, that's a yeah. lot of things. Exactly. Oh, yeah. People don't see all those there's struggles. A, there's and a when lot you put, of... People just see the finished article, like you right now with your business, you've got your nice offices and yeah. you're starting to employ people and you're building something really positive and no one can actually physically see the hard graft that you've put in to get here. Yeah, and it's not even a like, oh God, everything's so hard, my life's so hard, because like, I love it and I wouldn't have mm -hmm. it any other exactly. way. But equally, it's challenging. Like, when you've got a kid who's five turning six soon, so it's all like we were talking earlier about like kids party after kids party, like got to go and buy a present, got to do this, got to make sure this. Oh, she's grown out of her clothes again. All you put her up, leggings on yeah. and they're up here and you've got to go and, and then she comes back from school and she's ripped her tights and you've got to pop to Tesco and get new tights. And it's like, I've got so much other stuff to do. And like that on its own, like when people say like full-time mum, it is a full-time job. 100%. And then you've got to fit in your own business and then you've got to fit in keeping the house tidy and then you've got to fit in I, i'm just having like, your own social life yeah, and have, all like, that time sort of for stuff. me like sometimes i just want to sit on my own for five minutes cool. yeah so like it Absolutely. is it is hard and then people are like oh we're up to this weekend working probably because we've got a proposal to put together and like i really do try and switch off and separate that time off and the more i try and take that time out the better my business grows mm. because and not just my business grows but i'm a better person because i've and taken time to switch off so it's there's no i've learned the hard way that there's no value in having 24 hours a day packed full of stuff and taking no time out it's so much more productive to stop for two days and restart you will just be so much more ahead like i've had two probably more but like serious burnouts like hospitalizations really 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 bad 
which are probably down to like other things as well but like it okay. was it was built up and triggered by the fact that i like was just completely going and going and going and like physically couldn't go anymore and just like collapsed mentally fit like it was horrendous how do you manage that now um i have to be really really strict on bedtimes so it doesn't matter if there's something due in the next day like what's more important your health my health yeah because if like if my health isn't the most important then everything else is going to collapse as well and then nobody gets the benefit of me so like if i don't prioritize bedtime um i drink less alcohol not that i drank loads to mm-hmm. be honest but mm-hmm. like i have to just drink less drink less coffee manage my diet better fit um in exercise uh, make sure i'm really strict on taking my medication so that is something that i need to work on <laughs> yeah um, but just being like stricter on that um yeah just just like prioritizing the basics so like my psychiatrists i go to every two months um and he always says like we can't assess you properly unless you're doing the basics because if you're not taking care of yourself we can't assess if you're actually okay or not because it could just be one of those things affecting you so i have to prioritize like the basics in order to of course make sure that everything else is going to go okay that's interesting i've never really thought of that yeah because about if how, you're... how you if, yeah if you're not actually doing the basics because sometimes like mental health conditions and things like that if you're it could just be that you're not sleeping properly and it's yeah. and it's triggering these things whereas if if you're doing all the basics right and there's still something off then yeah, they can that, it's like a control yeah, they're like right totally, yeah. everything's fine but you're still not fine so now we can assess the problem properly if it's just that you're drinking you're this you're like not sleeping properly your diet's awful you don't exercise they're like well of course you're going to have issues yeah, your basics yeah are absolutely, right. absolutely so unless i get those basics right then you can't you can't like measure it from there um so i got maybe even coming up two years ago i was diagnosed with bipolar disorder okay. which i sort of knew probably from the age of like 20 but the mm. diagnosis process took like 10 years yeah so i was diagnosed with like just clinical depression and treated yeah. with antidepressants and if you give somebody antidepressants and they've got bipolar disorder, it just completely makes it worse. Yeah. So everything was just getting worse and worse. The more I was taking medication that was meant to be helping, it was just mm-hmm. doing the complete opposite. And then it wasn't until I had like horrendous manic episodes and breakdowns and was just all over the place that I got like hospitalized and properly assessed. And they were like, oh, right, try this. And then I was like, oh my God, this is so much better. And it has been life changing for me because I can like get on with my life properly now when, rather than being like not knowing what's going on. So when all that stuff was going on and they've um, sort of implemented a structure, did you find that was excelling yourself and business as well? Yeah. Were you able to like operate like, so a, much better? Yeah, more efficiently. Like, it, the only way I can describe it is like I don't know. Imagine you're like drunk or something, or there's like something I don't know, something else your whole life and you're like you just can't focus or yeah. you've got like fuzzy glasses on or something and then you just finally you're like oh right this is right i can get on now it's, working, it's like something yeah. just like lifts and you're like oh my god imagine and i just think imagine if that was like treated 10 years ago exactly yeah. i'd have been like up there by now but you can't look back prime minister by now probably <laughs> <laughs> fran you you've been quite successful in business and this is your big year of growth um, as a woman, have you felt you've been perceived differently to male counterparts in a similar role to yourself? Do you know what? Probably. 
and I used to have a big like thing where I'd feel a bit I guess feel a bit sorry for myself like oh I'm only 25 at the time right oh I've got a child I'm a single mum I'm mm-hmm. everything's harder for me because I'm a woman in business like no one's taking me seriously because I'm a 25 year old little girl trying to trying to make it in this like man's business world and I'd go to like these like business clubs and business meetings and there'd be like men in suits and stuff and I'd be yeah. like oh and then I sort of just realized one day like there are a lot of barriers and I'm not going to say there's not there are like people don't take you as seriously people you know all the statistics point towards men are more successful but that doesn't mean I can't be successful because I'll be I'll be the one percent that is successful exactly so I'm just gonna say yeah there's all these barriers in my way and I'm just not gonna let them be in my way I'll just push through them and it it I think the only way to like get through it was to just accept that they are there and unfortunately unless I change the entire like world's view on things or like get into every single man's head and change things like that might be something I can like start a campaign towards or something but like it's not going to happen now and if I want to get ahead now I've just got to push through now everybody's perspective it's it's like a it's a a macro level problem isn't it because Mm. You as as a woman, you you enter a world that's been engineered by men. Yeah. Right. So everything's dictated. Like the the top people in power are male. Um, that goes from politics to to literally everything. Even like you know things like Hollywood. Traditionally, it's males behind the um, director's box. So like although they could be female actors who've got big names and they're on big you know they're making a lot of look money. Look at all the, the Me Too movement as well. It's just another yeah. really significant example. It's of... lucrative, but behind the scenes, it's even more lucrative. Do you know what I mean? So everyone's a puppet on strings for yeah. someone, but it's it's very clear that there's a there's an imbalance. Yeah, and um, I'm just like, well, there is. Yeah. But I live my life in a little bit of a bubble, in that I can see there's stuff going on, like stuff on the news, politics, COVID, this, that, the other, mm-hmm. and I'm a little bit like, I'm just not going to take part. <laughs> I'm just going to do what I want to do, and like I've always been a little bit like that, a bit like stubborn and just like people will be like, oh, you can't do that. And I'm like, why? I want to, so I'm going to do it anyway. Like people are like, oh, you've got to go to just get a normal job. Well, I want to do this. So I'm going to find a way to do it. You're you're a bit more of an optimist than a pessimist. Yeah. So I'm just like, if I want to do something, I'll find a, rather than looking at the problems in the way, I'll find a way around the problem. And maybe, yeah, we should go back and fix those problems. But initially right now, I haven't got time to fix the problem, so I'm just going to find a way through it. And then once I'm in a position, maybe to go back and fix those problems to help the next generation of people or whatever, then I will. But if I want Absolutely, something, yeah. I love that. Man. It's like, yeah, I am a woman, but so what? Like, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. It probably is easier for a man, but I'll just crack on and work twice as hard and get through anyway. I think. I want... Go on, sorry. I just want to ask you this question: Do you think there is a quality of opportunity for women as entrepreneurs? and in business as an employee do you think there's there is a quality of opportunity i think probably there's not i think there's probably like it's it's harder for women and it's there's not there's not a balance it's it's harder even Mm -hmm. things like and i think it is just the way women are so for example there's like stats on men will ask for a pay rise and get it and a woman will be grateful for what she's got kind of thing and that's so true like i was really underpaid when i was in a job but i was like oh but i'm so grateful i've got this job and then you find out like someone else has like asked for the five grand ten grand pay rise and got it 
and I'm like, I just would never do that. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's a female to men thing. And that's, that's where things so like the pay gap comes in because men are just asking for it and getting it because they feel like they deserve it. And women are like, don't feel that way. Yeah. I did some research a few years ago with um, Business Wales about barriers and like inequality and like women in the workplace and women in entrepreneurship. And we did loads of focus groups and stuff. And it is just the way women are. They're, they're less likely to ask for things and they're less likely to do things that men are likely to do and even like the way the the world and businesses and um organizations are shaped are towards the way men would think Mm -hmm. so it's not even about like it's it's more just like sometimes there's not that much that needs to change to make it equal it's just that things are like designed for the way men think and the way men are um rather than for like women so yeah it's just yeah it's, well, it's, it's interesting it's you not, said that it's not very equal <laughs> yeah that's, that's actually like really interesting because mm. i was doing some research behind this and behind like the pay gap and um why there is a significant well i don't believe there's an equality of opportunity for women either mm. and it's that really famous interview with um, jordan peterson and kathy newman um if you haven't watched it you need to watch it uh and in that he says that one of the reasons he thinks there's a significant pay gap and there's not an, an opportunity is because women are um, more agreeable than mm. men and you've kind of like highlighted that yourself yeah like you said that that's you, what i was thinking yeah you've kind of shown that that you you felt like you had gratitude for the fact you even though did you know you would be paid less or you weren't I, being paid I think, or weren't I being did. paid <laughs> and there, but there was this element you what you just didn't you you were almost had gratitude for the, for the fact you had that job you yeah. had that opportunity but you didn't have maybe the I don't know, you wouldn't go and ask for a pay rise, whereas a man, a man might. Yeah. And like my like partner at the time was like, go and do this. Ask for... And I was like, I can't do that. Oh, my God. I probably would now because I've, I've kind of like had to train myself to take on more like male or masculine traits to succeed because that's just the way the world is. So instead yeah. of being like, oh, but it, it feels uncomfortable. I'm like, it feels uncomfortable, but that's where growth happens when you're uncomfortable. Big time, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm going to have to get used to being uncomfortable, so let's just go for it and like take on these uncomfortable masculine traits and ask for stuff and do things and be a bit more bullshit and like push my way in where I want to be, mm-hmm. which generally, like generally, women wouldn't do. But that's 100%. what I've noticed. Yeah. I'm just I'm just copying the most successful people basically in the masculine traits. And interestingly, as well, he said again in that interview, um, Jordan Peterson, that. Um, when women, one of the, another one of the reasons that women don't tend to, to to excel as much as men would, you know, like in FTSE 100 companies and in positions of power in politics, is is pregnancy and childbirth. Yeah. In that, when when a woman has a baby, they tend to be more vulnerable post having that having a baby. Whereas my my feeling I get from listening to you is there was that element of vulnerability at the start, but it's actually excelled you to become more successful. Yeah, definitely. Like when I first had Luna mm-hmm. and when I kind of started my business a few months later, I was so like, it was so vulnerable in every way. Like in terms of financially, like it wasn't that long after, it was only a couple of years later that I then left her dad and became like this single mum. And I'd view myself as like, poor single mum, like I need every penny I can get. So in terms of like the way I'd price things, it would be very like low because I'd be like, you know, I, I just need 20 quid to pay the like bill or whatever. So if I can charge 20 quid and get it, that's fine. Yeah. But long term, I knew that wasn't a great strategy. Like I'm not, I, I don't really do the whole low price thing. Like yeah. I am the best, my services is the best and yeah. we'll pay that money. Like that's, that's our strategy. 
Um, but at the time I was so vulnerable. I needed like every penny I could get. I needed like any, I was just grateful for like anything in any way, whether it was financially or, or not. So I was very vulnerable, but then, yeah, I think I've just realized like, you can't be like that because you can't just feel sorry for yourself because no one else, no one else That's cares it, yeah. about you. Like we said, people are selfish, whether mm-hmm. they, whether they realize it or not, humans are selfish in order naturally. to survive. It's very naturally it's survival selfish. of the fittest. And unfortunately, like no one actually cares about anyone else really. Like you have very few friends in life and the, not that I think I'm like the most successful person in the world. I've got a long way to go and I've got a long way to achieve the goals that I've got set. But like the better I do, mm-hmm. the more I realize who are my friends and who aren't. And I can count on one hand the people that uh, support me and like say well done to me or whatever when something goes right. And they're the same people that I would do the same back for. Like I don't, oh, sounds really bad. I don't have time to be friends with everybody because I want to be a good friend and it takes a lot of effort so I have friends and then I have like acquaintances. It's very time consuming to keep those relationships alive, yeah. right? Um, whether it's friends like, or family. Do you know you sound like a little bit when you said that, it reminded me massively what Molly May said when she said yeah. about friends. 24 hours. No, 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 not that. Oh. But she's, in that interview, she said again about um, Stephen Barlett asked her, do you, do you have a lot of friends? And she said, no, you know, like almost in what you're saying, like a lot of people do want to ride your success. They want to jump on the wave. Don't they? When you're doing well at something, yeah. Um, people like will watch you. They watch you. They watch you. And they get to a point. You're like, wow. Now she's successful. I want a piece of that. Some people will anyway. Do you know what I mean? And it, yeah. it kind of like it sounds like you kind of share that perspective to some extent. Yeah. And do you know what? I listened to that interview, and when she said that, I thought, how genuine? Not sad, but like how genuinely sad. Like this girl doesn't have friends. Like what does she do when she's sad? Like I know she said mm. she had like her manager was her friend. But it wasn't until I sort of thought about it afterwards. And like when I'm like at my lowest points or I need help or I want to run an idea past someone, there's there's like my boyfriend, my mum and like three or four best, best friends that are going to actually pick up the phone at 10 p.m. at night when I need them. Absolutely. If I just think, oh, that person's fun to go out drinking with or whatever, like they're not really going to care when I need like their support at 10 p.m. They're they're, they're doing their thing and probably the same way around. Like sometimes someone texts you and you're a bit like, oh, I'm just busy right now. Whereas there's a few people where if they text me, like I have dropped everything. Mm. I've dropped... One of my friends texted me once just saying, like, I'm so down, I need you. And I had, like, a a big meeting to go to. Well, like, I had something booked, basically, and I just cancelled it on the spot and went to see her. And I was like, that business opportunity would have been great, but that friendship is way more important. I just got in the car. There's been numerous times I'll get my daughter out of bed, chuck her in the car and, like, go to my friends that need me. And, like, there's, there's a few of those. But, you like, not everyone cares about you in the world. And, like... The, the, the more I go on and realize that, the stronger it makes me. Because yeah. I'm like, I don't get upset anymore if somebody doesn't show the same friendship back that I showed to them. I just think, oh, well, we're not friends then, okay. I've got, I've got friends who I know are my friends and I'll focus there. Do you and think like, maybe you're... that makes me sound not nice, but I just don't care I think you're real. Yeah. You're real. You're in a world of, reality, uh, in a world of fakeness. I you're used to real. be a people pleaser. I used to really care what people thought about me, who liked me, who didn't. Like, if I do this, is people going to think about, is someone going to say something behind my back? I honestly, I don't, I just don't have time to care anymore. I care about the happiness of me, yeah. the happiness of my boyfriend and my family and my daughter and my friends. 
and like if that's if that is okay then things are great i care about how much money is in my bank not because of the like the figure but because of the life that i like the freedom that provides me and the life that i've promised to like my daughter or my boyfriend or whatever so if i'm building my personal wealth to a point where i can support my family to do anything they want to do that's what i care about and unfortunately i've just it's only really the last few months that i've got to the point where i'm like i don't actually care about anything else out of time yeah no i (laughs) I totally understand that yeah bram what i want to say is i think you're a great example of a woman um excelling in a world which is predominantly, I think, dominated by men, you know, like entrepreneur, entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur and going into business, I, I think, you know, it's this, it is more challenging for a woman. Mm. I think the stats, the stats show that, but I think you're a great story of a woman overcoming those barriers mm-hmm. and you're on a really positive path. I know this year could be a really, really big year for you. So I wish you, I wish you good luck for that. But <laughs> thank you. I want to thank you for coming on. And I hope any women or young young girls who've been watching this um, podcast can really take something from Fran's story. Um, again, if you give us a like and subscribe, I'd really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time on the Talking Reality podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>